Welcome to the Road Show. In South Africa, my it brings home. people together, it breaks down barriers. Yeah, right. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role, Passion, great passion, fiction, gold, ultimate gold, glory, relentless training, pain, pain. <laughs> Hey Martin, thanks so much for joining us for a little midweek episode of the of the Rose Show. Um, I think for s- such an important world champs for qualification uh, and and an insanely good regatta, I thought it was very much needed to have a little conversation with you and make sure that we we up to speed and all the listeners know what's what's happening out on the course. But you there, are your feet are on the ground. What has it been like this week? Well, I think the tension has been mounting. I mean, it was there for the quarterfinals, you know, to get into those AB semis, to get a chance of Olympic qualification. The wind has been a massive factor. And, um, you know, it's been a little disappointing just to see that lanes five and six today didn't have any qualifiers um okay but the racing on the far side was amazing we had a few crews coming through from lane four the pressure on world rowing have got these qualified for olympics signs which all the crews are coming into the landing stage they're doing hot interviews right in front of our commentary position which i think is fantastic before they do the cool down and um, there's a lot of great media stuff and you know the tension has been absolutely building yeah, we spoke to uh, Roger Barrow. He was there because he got there um, at the beginning of the week. And then he said that it's the most stress he's ever seen the other coaches. He said all the boats were squeaky clean because the coaches are so nervous and just spending all their, their, their anxiety washing the boats, getting every little bit of dirt off, the, off every little nook and cranny out the boat. So I thought that was a very good analogy for how stressful the the qualification week is. Yeah, I saw that with the Australian four. Um, you know, the, the coach was washing their boat, the, the men's four. And, uh, you know, they squeaked in today. Maybe it was a good job he was washing the boat. But uh, <laughs> the Olympic champions at the back of the qualifying places, I mean, they get a free shot tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow. They get a free shot in the A final. Um, almost there's no pressure on them because they qualified. I don't think anyone really expects them to medal the four is a brutal event this uh olympic cycle i think with seven places now i mean that b final is so loaded for you know just it's going to be such a cracking race to with only one person getting a qualification spot it's it's quite hardcore yeah and you know colin um the romanian coach at the last minute he put his four and his pair into the eight and the eight just paddled in the rep so they tomorrow have got one of the worst lanes so i don't know how they're going to qualify because it's first two from the men's eight rep tomorrow and talking about the lanes what has it been i mean the weather looks very very rough it doesn't look easy at all um how are the athletes coping are there is there a lot of drama on the bank are people uh, moaning quite a bit about the the water yeah, it's one of those things. It's really interesting. I, I think um, the athletes are focused on the job and you try to have to believe, even though you, you've got lane five or six on the grandstand side. Um, and so you don't hear too much from the athletes one, you know, before they're going out to race. Um, the, the crews, obviously, in lane one or two, I saw the US four at breakfast this morning who had a great row and, and won there semi they look absolutely relaxed the dutch women's four they had a good lane too they look 
super relaxed at breakfast. So I, I think from the athletes, you don't hear too much. Um, I haven't had too much chance to chat to many athletes after the race, but um, I think the vibe is from some people, you know, cross headwind, why are we here? Um, my experience of Belgrade is it's been a pretty fair course. I haven't seen it with these conditions and um, that's luck of the draw. I, I also think it's, I mean, it's an outdoor sport. It's, you know, we, we don't row on a perfect course in every place. Like, yes, Lucerne is a, is the ideal place to row, but it's not, we don't want to race every single regatta there. And, you know, I think there's always that element. And sometimes, you know, if you row enough races, sometimes you're going to be on the lucky side and sometimes you're going to be on the unlucky side. And I think it's just something that, as you said, the athletes must just focus down and, you know, focus on the job and, and kind of, can't control the the lanes and the weather so you just got to do the all like do what you can do yeah and there's a hope in the v finals you know if they've got into the last 12 okay the winners of the men's and women's fours and the men's and women's quads they've got to win the v final to qualify directly but you know top 11 of the pairs top 11 of the doubles that's great qualification the the, the singles are going to be a little more tricky with just the top nine but there is hope in the V finals, and I think that's what they're really latching onto. Yeah, I think it it's still some of the best racing of the whole cycle is the B finals during qualification because it's everyone is it's just laying everything you've got on the on the table and you know seeing where you where you kind of come out on. And I mean, it really yeah. does. I remember sitting in the grandstand and watching in 2019 and watching those some of those B finals, and it was it's brutal. Yeah, and you know, I think it was so crucial today. If the conditions are going to be difficult, and I think they will ameliorate a little bit towards the weekend, but you know, crews that didn't qualify, I'm thinking like the men's four, for example, Italy and Romania. They both grab fourth places. So if they do reallocate the lanes, both of them have a good chance from a good lane of grabbing seventh place and direct qualification. So I think the battle for fourth place did matter. I think the coaches will have instructed the athletes that way before the start of the race, get the highest position you can. So, so there were yes. a lot of great battles going on. Because actually that was one of the, the things I wanted to ask you because often – you know, like if the course is, is running smoothly, then, you know, a lot of crews sometimes back off quite a bit in the semi because they know, okay, cool, I'm I'm back, I'm boxing for, you know, fifth or sixth in the semi realistically. Let me save it and then put it out there on the, you know, in the in the B final and try and get the qualification spots. I mean, a perfect example is Belarus in 2019 in the men's pair. I think they did a start and then went basically to steady and rode down the course. And then... And the British raced uh, me and John all the way down the track, and then in the in the B final when we lined up again, then the 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 Belarusians were really really quick, and, and the British struggled to to get through there. So, you know, there's often that little bit of cat and mouse trying to, you know, plan like, okay, well, is it worth going for those um, racing this the semi when you think you have a good chance of being in the B final? But I think, as you say, with the lane question when they're like fairness is a bit in question and getting that best lane is is really really important yeah and what's been really um apparent lawrence is that every crew has gone out to get the highest place possible 
unless they've blown up, you know, I think coaches have said, look, they may reallocate lanes. My guess is they looked at the wins. They looked at the potential for a crosshead wind. They thought about lane reallocation. So from the heats, from the repercharges, everyone has gone flat out for the best position possible, which is, of course, what you want them to do. And that's what's made the race in here so cutthroat. And then I think adding to that, especially in the four and the, and the quad, I think it's almost easier of having your hardest race by far in the semi to try and get in the A final than getting in a B final and having to race for just first place. I mean, if you are on that, yeah. if you between that like fifth and third in the, you know, fifth place and what is it? Fourteenth, uh, fifteenth. Um, oh no, sorry. Eighth and ninth. Then you, it's worth really trying to get in the A final because you know, if you could do it there, it's going to be much easier than doing it in the B final. Yeah, I thought a really good example of that was the the French men's four. I mean, the, the you know, massive disappointment for the French with their lightweight men's double, Berry and Ludwig not making the last 12. They will have to qualify at final Olympic qualification. But the French men's four pulled something out the bag to get that third place qualification. And you could hear the size of relief around the French team almost. Yeah, I'm sure. The, I mean, even, I mean, I want to chat a bit about um, our South African pair going through into the A final with uh, John Smith. And there was so yeah. much relief on South African side today. You know, just once you get that qualification spot, it's, it is so much better. You know, you just, the whole, I could feel the whole road community was just, I <laughs> breathed a sigh of uh, relief. Okay, cool. We've got one spot there. That's, that's a tick. Yeah, well, I think looking at that semi before, you know, the Irish we know are quick, but I'm not sure of them over the second half. Um, okay, so uh, the Spanish, the silver medalists, and you, you kind of thought the South Africans are going to really find it difficult. But what a race. I mean, I couldn't believe that um, how, how much uh, John could pull on the erg this year it was kind yeah. of, you know for a guy like that you know made his own business started a family and then come back into the sport after having been to so many games it's an actual absolutely yeah. phenomenal achievement yeah and he keeps calling himself a, a week uh, he keeps calling himself a weekend warrior and then he, he sent us a video the other day oh the weekend warriors yeah in europe <laughs> doing some racing and <laughs> I think it's, um, I mean, he has been training fairly hard, but not uh, not nearly as hard as I think he should have been. But he's, I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete. And I think his ability to, you know, row in a boat and get the most out of the athletes that he's rowing with, and especially in the pair or double, it's, you know, just two of you. John is extremely good at getting the best out of his crewmate. And I think his crewmate is extremely... Uh, like talented or gifted on like the stroke on how they on how Chris is executing the the rowing stroke, I think is is really well, and I think John just adds to that. He just makes it really really easy um, because they do not have yeah, the I'm, power to be boxing there. Like they shouldn't be up in the A final. And you know the Spanish, I think had a better lane than the South Africans. Uh, maybe in lane two in that uh, semi final, the world silver medalists. Uh, they miss qualification. Okay, they're probably going to get it. They'll they'll finish inside yes. the top eleven. But even so, it must be pretty gutting. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's is not a, a position you want to be in when you, especially when you've been on the podium as many times as they have. They have been. You want to be you. You really want to be putting your best race in the A final, not having to miss out and and race in the B final. I was looking at some stats on qualification because so that's the John is qualified now for. He's, this is his fifth time he's qualified for the Olympic Games because he qualified 2012 in the Light T4. Yeah, 2012 in the Light T4, 20, um, 2016 in the Light T Double, 2019 in the Pair, 2021 in the Four, late qualification, and now um, in the Pair again. And it's four different boat classes as well. So if he goes no. to the Olympics next year, it's in the pair. It'll be he'll have done four different boat classes, two lightweight events, and two heavyweight events. Yeah, I mean, what an athlete! I mean, that's Tom medal stuff, isn't it? Yeah, this really is um, quite something. Because now, then we were looking, and there's only ever been 112 athletes that have raced four Olympic games for rowing. So it's not that many, if you think about you it. Like I think that only it's just over 100. Yeah. That is a great stat. That is a really great stat. Yeah. I love that stat because I've been to four games. There we go. You're but, part of the elite. Yeah. There's not a lot of people in that. that there's not. Yeah. It's a long time though. I mean, four Olympic games is a, it's a huge amount to span a career. I mean, I think if you went down to three, I think there must be a lot. And then two, there must be a crazy amount of, of yeah. athletes. But, you know, you go four. Yeah, yeah. And then five is, I haven't got the number, but it must be really low. And then only three people have ever done seven Olympics for rowing. Who's that? Olaf Tufter? No. Let's test you, Martin. Who, who are your three? Olaf. I'm thinking Elizabeth Alipa, but um, I know she's got so many medals. And then I don't know. That's a good quiz so question for rowing. We had Olaf Carstens. Uh, and oh, Leslie God. Thompson Willie. Oh the, my goodness! The Canadian yeah. uh, Cox, yeah, because yeah. she's obviously done a yeah. done a couple. Yeah, I mean, she was coxing in her fifties, wasn't she? Um, yeah. yeah, that is a great quiz. Um, yeah, that's think, a really good uh, one. I think that, that's worth a shout in commentary tomorrow. And then only I'll send you these though, because then only twelve athletes have rowed four different boat classes at the at the Olympics. Oh. Now that's fascinating. And so yeah. John is one of those. Yeah. yeah. So um that's yeah, and I don't think there was any athletes that had rowed more than four. No. No. That that would be an amazing achievement. Where did you find these stats? So, oh, my brother has been crunching numbers for us and he's got, oh, um, so he's been building like these, just um, using the data um, from World Rowing and just kind of going through it and um, and pulling out all this info. That was with those, um, that sh the PDFs that we shared with you guys last week with the Patreon team. Oh, Martin, have I lost you there? Oh, no, I'm there. I've got all these athletes wandering around me in the lobby now, the Spanish, the Dutch, and the American teams um, all around. So add a bit of Atmos. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and how they're all looking. 
some of them are, I'm assuming, more stressed than others. Yeah, I think they're looking more relaxed, you know, this evening. I think they're in their relaxed space um, back in the hotel. It's a nice hotel, Crown Plaza, so can't complain. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. So I think uh, before we got uh, rudely cut off, I think uh, we were discussing uh, John Smith's qualification and just and the bit of the stats that we had. And I was just saying that my brother is doing a lot of these, um, like working out a lot of statistics for us. And it's been incredible. You know, once you, once you start to dig into the data and you can, you know, you look at what you can pull out of it and, and there's so many d- statistics out of the rowing kind of, out of the history of our sport that's just incredible to to have a look at so um and i'm and as you know we have more and more regattas as we have more and more athletes it just gets you know you just add and you just keep looking for for kind of these super interesting uh facts so i'll i'll get into to do a few more and i'll send you some of the the info for your commentary if i get a chance and then yeah we'll we'll take it from there that's a great job. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's interesting to look at some of the standout crews today, Lawrence. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what would you say your standout crews are at the moment? Oh, Dutch men's quad, um, just sensational. I think you know how dominant they were. Okay, they had lane one. Irish lighty men's double, the distance they won by, the Dutch women's four amazing how that crew has stepped on at this world championships um they're really tall women and they're just rowing beautifully and then the british women's four i kind of thought what is going on in the first quarter they were just miles ahead of the field okay they were slower than the dutch but they seem to have got their their mojo back um i think they were the really standout performances for me all of them over there on the far side. Um, I think a lot of those crews did have lane one. Okay, fair enough. But uh, absolutely amazing to watch them. And Britain and the Netherlands, I think, joint top with six Olympic qualifications so far. Yeah, I was going to say that the, the British and the Dutch team are just having absolutely cracking regattas. Both of those, the, the, those two countries just standing out by far. And I mean... You do expect it a bit from the British, but I mean, their depth and their consistency always impresses me. And then the Dutch often have like really good regattas throughout the season. Like they'll have one uh, World Cup where they just shoot the lights out. But I feel like this um, this year, they've just been really consistent and, and always getting a little bit better. And I mean, that, as you said, that um, Dutch woman's four, I mean, that is, it's textbook rowing. It's, I mean, that's what you want you know, if you're a school coach, that's the, the, the rowing that you want to show them. them. Them and the Dutch men's quad, those two crews, you just want to, that's the, the, the rowing you want to show your, your students when they, you know, learning how to row sweep or learning how to row, um, you know, boats. And, and yeah, I mean, they're just so textbook and awesome to watch. But how crazy is it, Dutch men's sculling? That, that, you know, I think Melvin Tweller won the Bosban race. I think uh, Simon van Dort was second. Maybe Steph Breunink third. The European champion, Lennart Leerop, in uh, fourth place. And that's without thinking of someone like Finn Florine, two-man in the quad, or, you know, Metzmakers or Tono Eaton. I mean, it is just sensational, the talent they've got in Scully. 
And then I, th- I think having that talent, that's what allows you to have those consistent results because, you know, if one person is injured or one person is slightly off their game, you know, you just have people to replace and those people put pressure on your top athletes to, you know, make sure that they consistently perform. And I think that's where these bigger countries are just in a league of their own because they have that little bit more depth to kind of put pressure on their, their top crews. Um, but you're right. I yeah. mean, the, the Dutch have had a phenomenal season, and especially their sculling, um, their men's sculling team is is really, really impressive. I saw Simon van Dorp. You know, he looks pretty chilled. I don't think he was sculling this morning. Um, he had the, the morning off, I guess. Um, he's going in the semi tomorrow, um, I think, against Ferry Nielsen. And um, the Kiwi, Tom McIntosh, uh, the Serbian, Nikolai Pimenov. But um, he has been flying here. Fastest time in the heats, Lawrence. So, uh, so what is your prediction? Then maybe that's what I should do: is just get you to give us some predictions for for the some of the races. So, men's single. Do you think he can do it? Um, you know, you've got the two ergometer kings. I mean, they're both incredible on the road. Perfect. Uh, Van Dorp congratulated Oli Zeidler on his world's best time that he set recently. I've still got Ollie down to win. I, I picked him in the tipping competition. Um, I think Sferi's got a great chance. Van Dorp, he's right in there for a medal, I think. But um, the Dutch are very, very confident about this young man. And the former Husky is is right there. And I think he will believe he could win. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure all of those those top athletes are... <laughs> they have, I'm sure they have a strong belief of their own ability the what does the weather look like for the rest of the week and over the weekend for the a finals does it get do you think it's going to stay the same or do you think it's going to get a little bit quicker i think tomorrow the wind the gusts the big gusts are less than they were today i think the direction is round about the same i think the wind comes down and drops for the finals um but you know tomorrow's racing it's going to be really interesting i think the germans you know, they, they're either going to get lane one or lane two if they reallocate the lanes in the men's eight. And, um, you know, they have a great chance of making the final from that lane. Um, after a kind of lacklustre performance in the heat, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be... I don't think it'll be really rough for Oli Zeidler. You know, there's a sort of thing around that the German doesn't like those conditions, even though he won the German championships in very rough water. And that yeah. will be where Simon van Dorp um, will think he can get it. Maybe Antuskos, who's in Zeidler's heat tomorrow. Sheesh, those semifinals tomorrow are going to be they are going to be some of the bigger biggest races of the the regatta, I think, so far. Yeah, I, I you know, I think again with the Dutch team, uh, it was great to see their Dutch women's quad take on the Chinese. Maybe they looked a little better than they did in Lucerne where they missed a medal. But China was in lane one and the Netherlands just took them out in the first quarter. And um, yeah, the Chinese came back at the end, but that uh, Netherlands women's quad looked to be sculling beautifully. They, they really are a great outfit. Um, credit to them and, and their coach. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I don't think it will be China that will be winning the gold medal at the weekend. <laughs> that'll be that'll be that'll be quite an upset for them. But then, uh, just jumping back to the 
the racing tomorrow, there's going to be the most incredible hour of racing or hour 10 minutes. So from uh, five minutes to 10 tomorrow, you've got start of the men's single uh, semifinals, women's single semifinals, men's double semifinals, and women's double semifinals ending at 11.05. So for an hour 10 minutes, there's just going to be an absolute cracker race after cracker race coming down the, the track. I'm really... And have to book out my my schedule to sit and watch and watch that a little yeah. bit. This week racing is tough. <laughs> I talked to the Sinkovich brothers tonight. As always, they look pretty relaxed. Uh, they were with their coach Nikki Bralich, just chilling um, this evening. And uh, you know, not the quickest in the first thousand in the heat, but um, I, I think they're gonna qualify for the final and then that expected battle between them and the crew from the Netherlands um, the Italians I know are going to be right in there too it's going to be so tense isn't it for that uh, semi-final qualification there are so many men's doubles I know you guys in the row show have been calling that event as the toughest and of course Jake is is in the men's doubles and he knows all about that yeah I mean the double just looks so brutal this season and this cycle i think there's just so many big names that have gone into the double it's i think it's the most you know a lot of, a lot of people that were in you know other boats the quads or big single scholars or you know other even athletes from the sweep section have all started going into the the double and yeah it's just made this event absolutely brutal i think it's i i think it's going to be one of the hardest events to to qualify and definitely the hardest event to win the gold medal in and there's so many crews that can still win the gold medal yeah i know and um i i think that the you know i i know we chatted about this on the row show and the feeling was that the croatians would get their act together for the worlds i don't think it's a given i've i've tipped them to win the gold medal ahead of the dutch but they've got to make the final first haven't they in yeah uh, they'll have a good day tomorrow it's hard to not back them though. I feel like they are, they've like their big match temperament is extraordinary, and they can they always seem to step up. The more pressure that people put on them, the more they step up and and perform. So I mean, if you look at some of their big races, think of that double in uh, twenty sixteen, or you know, there's just there's so many examples where they are kind of the underdogs and they you know they people think oh you know maybe they might not do it and then they they bring it on the on the day so i think it's hard to bet against them but i do think that they they're not it's not a given though definitely not there's enough fast crews out there to easily take it from them yeah i i think we will get a great match up you know in the lightweight men's doubles final just going back to the semis today the swiss are on fire um, I think they can go head-to-head with the Irish. I was absolutely chuffed to see the veteran Miroslav Vastil for the Czech, uh, Czechia, I should say, um, qualify for the Olympics, get his boat into the final. You know, he's, he's, he's not a habitual final in the, um, the big time. Um, I think they finished out of it in the Olympics in 2021 in the B final. But uh, for the 40-year-old to last out as he did and to be in a qualification place that warmed the heart no oh, there's and there's, there, i feel like in every single race there's stories you know there's just there's athletes that are not making it through that you 
your heart breaks for them. And then there's athletes that are making it through that you just so chuffed for that, you know, people that have been around for a while, people that have battled, you know, that kind of cutoff mark so many times and making it through. The big surprise, I think, in today's racing was uh, Will Bender and Evan Olsen, the American pair. I haven't been together that long. And uh, Evan Olsen, the former Husky and rode at Oxford Brooks, won the ladies' plate for them. I think they were a camp boat and they qualified in third place for the A final in the men's pairs. I mean, that was a real surprise. I think American sweet rowing is really, really strong here. The American men's eight got a chance of a medal, I think, in the final. And the American men's four are looking absolutely superb. Liam Corrigan in the stroke seat is just crushing it. I think that's going to be an extremely good um, matchup when we see the, the British versus the USA in the, in the four. I think that that's going to be... Uh, I, I think the British will get it. I, they're just rowing... To me, they're just rowing that a little bit smoother, a little bit longer, but... I mean, it's not. It's going to be a tough one, I think, to to take for the GBE guys. Yeah, it it really will be, and uh, they didn't have it their own way. I think the Kiwis were were quite close to them with those two Olympic champions from the eight on board. They've they've rose. They've rode a really good regatta, the New Zealand four. But I, I think you're right. I think the British have the class to win but uh the americans did have the quicker time in the semis you can't go on time so much because the wind was blustery but even so they have got the quicker time yeah no for sure and as you were saying going back into the pair they are so there are a lot of uh, crews that are should not be in the b final you know you've got spain australia and new zealand that all should have crews that are are boxing in the a final and the italians from the other heat not making it through so they're Definitely a lot of upsets, I would say, in the men's pair already. And, and, and the Danes, yeah. of course, as well. Olympic bronze medalist, not in the... Yeah, final. sure. So there's... there's there, I feel like this is the regatta for big upsets and for, you know, there's like big victories, but also a lot of disappointment during this regatta. And more than half the athletes are not going to qualify for the Games. So, you know, a lot of athletes going home... Um, you know, feeling that pressure, feeling that that disappointment. But that's kind of what sport is, and that's also what makes it so exciting when you do get it right and when you do win. Um, you know, even when you think about the Olympics, you know, however many hundreds of rowers go to the Olympics, there's, you know, only people that win gold and uh, and medals are really happy with their result at the end of the day. So yeah, sports is often a lot more disappointment than um, than happiness. But when you get those victories you really got to savor the savor the the feeling yeah and it was interesting even looking at you know the i think f and g and h finals in the men's singles you know with five qualifying from africa five qualifying from latin america a lot of those men's scholars are going to be in the olympics and i think yeah. rowing have two universality places to um, allocate so you know in the one sense watching those lower place finals you, you know you might not choose to watch them but some of those guys are going to be in the games yeah and the but the racing i mean it's just superb though and it's this is how our sport should be you know just having you know a whole week of just incredible racing with you know these massive massive matchups so if you were if you were not 
there watching the racing uh, in person, what and you could only watch like one race this week. Uh, what race would you choose if you could watch one race for the weekend or one event? Uh, what event are you choosing? Yeah, I think um, it would probably be the men's doubles, Croatia versus the Netherlands. I would say, um, you know, I think I had mar- that marked out, and um, it's a good question. Difficult one to answer. Um, Ollie and Simon in the final. Uh, again, that's going to be a great race, I think, on Sunday, maybe. But, yeah, the yes. men's doubles, I think, for me. Yeah, I think from my side, I was on in the, the men's double. But now John Smith in the in the A final yeah. for the men's pair, I think uh, that's that's the race I'm, I'm definitely uh, turning on to, to watch. And then I'm interested on the eights because I feel like the eights have been quite quiet in the build-up for this regatta. Um, we haven't had big races in the eight coming into the, you know, for the cycle really, because I think with the Germans not performing and a lot of crew countries focusing on the smaller boats, you know, the eight's been a bit undercover, but I still think at the end of the day, it's one of the biggest events, if not the biggest event for, for countries to win. So I think when the, the eight starts firing, it will, you know, it will bring us some really, really good racing. How cool was that Aussie 8 in the heat? I mean, they were down. They just sat there. They did their own thing. Mark Prater has drilled it into them. And it was extraordinarily impressive, them coming through to the win. He gave them the day off the next day. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, obviously they're back in training now. And um, the British, I think, look really, really good in their heat. Um, you know, clearly the I talked to... Diedrich Simon, the coach of the uh, Netherlands, I, he was disappointed with his guys. They're in the final, but, uh, you know, they didn't beat the British. They're out to beat the British, and uh, they'll blast off faster. I don't think they were quick enough in the first quarter, uh, but they will be there in the final. Um, I think that, hey, um, Diedrich Simon has just walked by me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. Um, yeah. Devil. That's very funny. And then... Um, Atlanta. No, there's... Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, you just, you're right in it there, Martin. You've got athletes all around you. You're just living the dream. I'm sitting here yeah, back absolutely. in stuck in South Africa. I should be, I should be there watching the, watching the racing in person. Yeah. And then we could be meeting in, uh, in person to do a little recording, you know, uh, in the week. Maybe next mm-hmm. year. Perfect. I've already booked my tickets for for Paris, so I'm coming to watch oh, that one. Oh, magic stuff! No, it's going to be very special. And then, though, there was the one more event that I want to chat about is the women's single because we haven't really chatted much about it. Do you think um, uh, Emma Twig can can do it? No, I don't. Um, I think she's going to medal. Um, there's a lot of talk from the Australians of Tara Rigney really coming on and potential to challenge Caroline Florine. Um, I think Arsic, the Serbian, showed you can challenge Florine in the heat. She was right up there and uh, she has put together a great series of races uh, going much faster than I expected. Um, Emma Twig, I think she's going under the radar. I think that'll suit her. Um, the Kiwi's going to back herself, of course she is, um, and she will go into um, the semi-finals confident. 
and no doubt she will go into the final confident. But I think Florine, she hasn't really shown a weakness, maybe in the first thousand of that heat. So I'd still back the Scala from the Netherlands to take the gold medal. It's also on high on my list to, of events to watch, though, because I think with her, with Caracola, you know, Australia and New Zealand, it's like there's four superbly quality athletes and there's probably another four, you know, of people that can, on their best day, can, can really run with any of them. So I think it's going to be a good one. I do think uh, that Caroline is just a little bit better than the, the others. So on her best day, I think don't think that they can they can beat her yeah i've seen her around the hotel she she looks really relaxed she's a delightful lady to talk to um i, I just hope arsic makes the final i mean the serbians haven't had the best of results with the men's pair in the double not making the last 12 we saw them in the cd semi-finals today uh, mm. nick piminov from serbia got a chance but i think he's up against it uh in his men's semi but it would be great to see if arsic can get through no, for sure. They, oh, there's again. It just goes back to there's so many good athletes. There's so many, you know, and the the heartbreak and the the celebrations at this regatta is it's an emotional roller coaster. I think, and yeah, I'm sure you you will even note uh, feel the the emotions uh, running through the this weekend. You know, when people are qualifying and getting there or or missing out. And I mean those, especially those B finals. You know, when you got one spot and one person is missing out, it's it's bone crushing. I, I can't wait to commentate on the B finals. I mean, they are the races for me. Paris qualification, yeah. you know, they one they could switch them. They could have A finals and then B finals last for the regatta. Yeah, easily. I think we've said that easily. before. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, easily. Martin. Well. I know that it's uh, that it's busy there, and um, I think that we've covered a lot there. And thanks so much for for sharing uh, your knowledge and your time. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and we have such a fantastic chat. And uh, and everyone appreciates you a lot. I get so many messages with people just saying they they love it when you when you're on the show. So yeah, thanks for the effort. You're a star, Lawrence. Thanks ever so much. I'm going to get me a pizza in the hotel now. Ah, now that's fascinating. And so John is one of those.